0: The Wrestling Perspective Network is brought to you by BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code WPP. Just pay $5 shipping. Mm.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, good brothers, good sisters, welcome back to another great episode of The Revisionist Booking, heard right here on the Wrestling Perspective Network. What shenanigans can Michael Berry and RG get into? Make sure you tune in this week. And as always, let the Revisionist Revolution begin. gentlemen we are back for another great episode Michael how you doing tonight my friend
0: well you know the golden voices here um got to watch a wonderful pay-per-view a pay-per-view that brought back a lot of memories maybe a couple of tears to my eyes um you know, with the recent passing of the late, great, mean Gene Okerlund, who is prominent on this pay-per-view, uh, Royal Rumble 1992, such a wonderful pay-per-view, um, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. So I'm here to bless everybody's ear holes, and as always, you're welcome.
1: Uh, that never that never gets old, Michael. That never gets old. At least for me, anyways. I get to hear it every week on a religious basis. So That's what she said. Giggity. So, you know, you mentioned Gene Oakling, you know, and it's hard not to think about this passing from last week, looking at this pay-per-view, watching it again. Um, obviously, we saw the great the great promos that we had with Ric Flair, with Legion of Doom, Roddy Piper, and it goes back to the, the, the phrase that I said that I hope when, uh, you know, I do my little shtick tomorrow uh, for UPW. Out here, we got a show tomorrow, which is going to be Saturday. Obviously, you guys, this is going to be broadcast and released on uh, on Tuesday, so it's going to be past tense. But I just hope that you know I can even be half as good as he was. Anyways, we're here for 1992 Royal Rumble comes to us 27 years ago this Saturday, so it's hard to believe that it was 27 years ago already. Um, obviously, you we're getting into that that wheelhouse of a lot of these pay-per-views that you or I've seen live and all that stuff. So it brings back, definitely brings back a lot of good memories. This came to us from Albany, New York, which is kind of, sort of kind of not really my neck of the woods. From the then Knickerbocker Arena, went to the Pepsi Arena, and now it's the Times Union Center. So many different names for arenas nowadays—it's unbelievable. I'm pretty sure this was a sellout, too, with 17,000 fans. And at this time, 17,000 fans was uh, an astonishing uh, a feat at this point in 92.
0: Yeah, I mean, this was, you know, but you also have to remember, though, this was a unique set of circumstances as well, I think, that would have played into it. You had the nature boy, Ric Flair, a great, absolute great wrestler, some would argue the greatest of all time. And you had him under the same roof as Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, Roddy Piper, The Undertaker, and many more. I could see where this, you know, pay per view did not only a great house, but I'm sure it was it did very well as far as uh, pay per view buys as well.
1: And this was also the first time where we saw the heavyweight championship being on the line in the Royal Rumble match. Obviously, precursing to later on when we saw, I believe it was what are we eight nineteen? It was seven two thousand seventeen? I believe, or somewhere there around seventeen sixteen. Cause it wasn't last year. It was probably two years ago when Triple H won it. Oh,
0: wh- oh, when the title was up for grabs. When the, when
1: the title was up for grabs.
0: Oh yeah, no. I, well, I think it was. It was. I, I don't believe it, it. That's recent. I believe it's been quite a while since that. So I'd have to obviously we'd go back and take a look, but. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah i think it would that would probably be back i want to for some reason 2012 sticks out but i could be mistaken
1: yeah i thought it was fra- fairly within the last five years but regardless this was the first time maybe 90, in 92 that the title was up for grabs which obviously we saw a lot of chicanery undertaker beat hogan at the uh 91 survivor series his debut we saw the chicanery with Ric Flair at that time too, and then we saw Tuesdays Tuesdays in um, Tuesday in Texas. So there's a lot of chicanery, a lot of shenanigans going on with this, and that's why the quote unquote general manager at this time, I guess you could call him Paul Tunney was uh Jack put the, Said hey, Jack Tunney, Paul Tunney, whatever.
0: Yeah, Jack there Tunney. Was. Well you should know Jack Tunney, he was Canadian. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he
1: put. He decided to put the title for grabs for this pay per view. We also saw the returning Sid Justice too, right? Uh, obviously coming back from a uh, injury that he had, and you know they're trying to. This was that pay per view where they you started to see the turn of Sid Justice into Psycho Sid, right? Obviously, precursing to later on.
0: Well, well, to touch base on so so the title was held up. Um, yeah, yeah, you had so Jack Tunney had held the title up, and um. For those that can remember, uh, for whatever reason, this was, to me, was a, an excellent time period, obviously, having Ric Flair come over to the WWF. So, um, if you recall, Ric Flair came over as the real world's champion. He had the um, NWA title, the big gold belt, um, and then you saw a lot of controversy. So, you had um, the Survivor Series match, I believe it was, where you had Ric Flair come out, set a steel chair, Down, and you had the Undertaker pile drive Hogan into that said still chair, right? So the Undertaker actually became the WWF World Heavyweight Champion, but then they had a special this Tuesday in Texas pay-per-view where, you know, the the Undertaker would defend that said title against Hogan. Well, Hogan used some underhanded tactics there. This is where we uh-huh. first, maybe we saw, you know, very early on into what would eventually become full-blown heel Hollywood Hulk Hogan in WCW. Um, but, uh-huh. you know, he was able to use creative liberties to get his title back and, of course, there was you know, a lot of back and forth with regards to this. and so yeah. the title was held up uh, and so they decided at the Royal Rumble, whoever won the Royal Rumble would win you know, win the WWF uh, championship.
1: Now, and this is also a little bit more historical events into this. I actually did a lot of research on this, if you can't tell. There you go. (laughs) Uh, It was exactly one week after the whole barbershop incident with uh, Brutus, Mm -hmm. the Barbie Beefcake, with Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty, where Shawn Michaels, one of the most infamous turns of all time, when Shawn Michaels threw Marty Jannetty through the uh, plain glass window. Yep. So, so, it, this this time in the wrestling business, you start to see, you know, a lot of these younger guys. It's nice to see, you know, going back and seeing guys, guys like Owen Hart, guys like Jim Neidhart, guys like the British Bulldog, Shawn Michaels, when they're the, in their younger years. And, you know, really when they started to make a really big name for them, you know, it, obviously none of them are like a Ric Flair, but diamonds don't last forever but Ric Flair does
0: no absolutely Ric Flair I I think you know without a shadow of a doubt there's there's no one that could ever argue with myself and certainly not yourself RJ um, about you know what Ric Flair meant to the you know wrestling to wrestling itself and the fact that at this time period you had Ric Flair and Hogan again under the same um federation as it were Mm -hmm. was was incredible quite frankly
1: yeah i think at this time too everybody wanted to see if forgive me if i'm misremembering but this was a time when everybody really wanted to see hogan and flair you know really mix it up at this point but you know we never really we never really saw it in the wwf wwe whatever have you well really really until later on but We saw more in
0: W C W. Right. Well well and you're absolutely correct with regards to television and of course, you know, as as we know, WrestleMania eight was right around the corner. I will say that there were many people who did actually get to see this match in a WWF ring, but at a house show. They definitely okay, ran okay. they, they yeah, they, they really did run the house show ticket. Not ticket, but I think everybody knows what I mean. Circuit, uh, yeah, I should say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um I can remember as a kid being super excited going to a pay per view that was local here, uh, Hammond, Indiana at the Hammond Civic Center. And the advertised main event for that card was actually Roddy Piper, who I, everyone by now should know Mm -hmm. I was a Piper Mark, versus the one and only Ric Flair. Ric Flair did not show, so it didn't happen. There was actually a show up at the Rosemont, which I did not attend. But to where there was supposed to be, I believe it was a tag team uh, match. I believe it was going to be Piper and Hogan versus Flair and Taker, and I believe Hogan didn't show for that. Yeah, I mean, there was, you know, there was obviously there was a big tease there, and that would have been nice to see. But it ended up being a memorable, memorable event nonetheless. And yeah. Piper did make it, which was more important to me. But um, yes, I do recall though that there were a lot of house shows that. Uh, people did get the Hogan Flair match but not necessarily on television
1: yeah I, you, you can even look at it nowadays too We you see a lot of these returning stars you see a lot of these call, call ups from NXT nowadays the likes of uh, uh, EC3 or what have you getting called up early being thrown on the house house show circuit and you know seeing seeing if they take you know seeing if the fans really react react to them but I will say that, you know, going back and seeing a lot of these younger guys, you know, you got a lot of reaction now because you know what they, you know, what they became later on. Guys, like I said, guys like Owen Hart, Jim Neidhart, Natural Disasters, Shawn Michaels, those kinds of guys. But but unless you got anything we can get, uh, I'll get started with the card so we can get this... uh, Gets his party started. Yes, sir. We, the one and only dark match, we saw Chris Walker defeat the Brooklyn Brawler by disqualification. Really not going to go really too much detail into that. Outside, obviously nobody who's Chris Walker is. Everybody knows Brooklyn Brawler. So to the main card, our first match of the evening, which I was surprised that it let off. But you know, when you only have four matches plus a rumble, you know, it is what it is. We saw the new foundation, which consisted of a very young Jim and Jim Neidhard and Owen Hart defeating the Oriental Express, Kato and Tanaka, with the one, the only Mister Fuji. To look at this match now and realize what it what led up to it, I thought it was a fantastic match because it was, you know, a prelude to the 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 Hart Foundation, obviously with Nighthard and. Uh, and Owen and Neidhart and Brad. you know, it, for what it was, it was a great match, I thought.
0: Yeah, so, so uh, what you had here was the new foundation. Moment in time, you did have the new foundation, which was an extension of what uh, for years past had been the Hart Foundation with Jim Neidhart. And Brett the Hitman Hart, well before, you know, Brett Hart, of course, became um, a singles competitor, kind of a standout with that regard. Yeah, I, I thought the new foundation, I mean, I've, I've shared my thoughts of how, you know, in what high regard I, I I hold Owen Hart? So, um, this was a younger uh-huh. Owen Hart, and you had stuck him with a veteran Jim the Anvil.
1: Yeah, you know, and to, to you know, sidebar on Owen Hart, if why we got him on top, like I obviously we're, we'll probably talk about him again, but you know, I, I hold him in high regards as far as you know, in the likes of like a Mr. Perfect or even you know, even as far as far high as uh Ric Flair, even just because you know, unfortunately, we knew the circumstances of Owen Hart, so we really didn't. Th- Get to see what his ultimate, you know, success would have been. Any wrestling fan could really, really see that in him. But Uh our next match was for the Intercontinental Championship match. The uh, champion, the Mountie, taking on the Rowdy one, Rowdy Piper. This was a a lot of these matches had a lot of lead up to it. This was one of them. You know, we saw a lot of, you know, the Mountie taking out Bret Hart. At one of the, I think it was believe it was Madison Square Garden, right? Right. And yeah, and, and taking him out, and then Piper coming out to the aid of Bret Hart, and then Mountie taking out uh, Rowdy Piper, and you know just Piper cutting his promos like you normally would with Gino at beginning of the the match, and you know just the build-up to this was so great, and then you know they got to the ring, and the Mountie, I believe it's he is now is PCO, right?
0: I believe. Mm. Is that, is that the Mountie? Is this Pierre? It's
1: Pierre. Whoever Pierre was. I think Pierre was a Mountie.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, you could be right, to be honest with you. I Pierre, Pierre Car- not comment.
1: Pierre Caroulette, hence PCO. I, got I believe that was him. I'm not 100% sure I may be correct. So if anybody wants to let us know, if I, I'm sure I'll Google it after so I get my peace of mind. But if anybody knows for sure and wants to send me a send me a DM, feel free. But but Rowdy Piper was won the Intercontinental Championship by defeating the Mountie. This was, I believe this was the first time he won the title, right? Because he won it again, if I'm mistaken.
0: The Intercontinental Championship, yes. I mean, from from my understanding, it was. For 11-year-old me, it was. I can tell you that was my understanding. And, you know, it was what I was hoping would be an even bigger prelude to an even bigger night for, for... uh rowdy roddy piper again i was a big piper mark yeah absolutely um mm-hmm. you know this was this was a great moment we saw jimmy hart try to interject himself into the match it backfire and we were able to see rowdy roddy piper become the intercontinental champion
1: yeah can't go wrong with that you know look at it back at it now you know it's you're supposed to hate Piper, but unfortunately a lot of people liked him, me being one of them, too, after the fact. Actually, why? Somebody took my Piper figurine off my table anyway, so that's why. I always have a little Piper figurine next to me to remind me of him, so somebody moved it, so I don't know where it is. Yeah, P- um,
0: Piper's, <laughs> Piper's charisma was off the charts. I either really liked him or you really hated him, but that's the There's name no of the between. game was to get a, a reaction, so he absolutely was able to accomplish that. Oh,
1: yeah. And the next match was definitely a match that, well, you're going to get a reaction somewhere or another. And, you know, I don't know if it was a good reaction or bad reaction, but it was the Beverly brothers, Bo and Blake taking on the Bushwhackers, Butch and Luke Uh, Bush Uh, butch and luke were managed or escorted by jameson and the genius escorted the beverly brothers to the ring match what it what it was the beverly brothers over the bushwhackers bell had to ring unfortunately i don't think the beverly brothers really got their due um obviously we know the point of the bushwhackers being that at this time where they kind of the comical relief of the company it was what it was but fourth match of this evening was for the WWF Tag Team Championships of the World. We saw the Natural Disasters, Earthquake and Typhoon with Jimmy Hart in tow, taking on the Legion of Doom Animal Hawk and Hawk. We saw the Natural Disasters win and beat Legion of Doom, but it was by count-out. So the Tag Team Championships stayed with LOD. Obviously, obviously this is a prelude to WrestleMania 8, I believe, so you know, we saw the I believe it was Money Inc. at eight, right? Facing Legion and Doom oh no, Legion and Doom were out excuse me. Legion and Doom were suspended or hurt or whatever. That was a time I believe it was uh, Hawk was in the uh, treatment, right?
0: So, so, so Hawk was going through some personal demons. Yeah. Um, I believe. Uh, so we saw Legion of Doom because we've covered, I believe, WrestleMania Eight in the past, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mm-hmm. saw them do the interview with the Mean Gene, but yes, this is where the issues with Hawk kind of cropped up. So you kind of had them on the beginning of the show, and I believe. I believe the—honestly, uh, I I, honestly, I can't recall off the top of my head, but I believe you did have the Natural Disasters as champions going into that pay-per-view. Um, mm, I don't think they, I don't and the think plan was—I believe the plan always was for Legion of Doom to kind of go into that pay-per-view and uh, be able to defend their titles. But, yeah, you, I mean, that was the situation. You know, this match, I, I kind of don't understand, but, you know, knowing what we know now, perhaps it makes more sense— that the legion of doom, you know, didn't go over so speak but did keep the titles in this match, but, you know, I'll get to my card and give you my thoughts on that.
1: No, oh, no, and that's and that's and that and that's one of the main reasons why I enjoy what we do so much is we can go back and look at these things and say, "Okay, we know now what or why this card was the way it was with the events that it would happen afterwards. Obviously, we didn't know the future at that time so but i digress the next next match on the card was the royal rumble match itself like as we we've done in the past we're not going to go through each and every entry elimination what have you just because we'll be here all night (laughs) so we saw our final four competitors were sid justice randy savage hulk hogan and the one the only to be the man Woo! You gotta beat the man, Ric Flair, with Mr. Perfect in tow. You know, we saw the last two competitors being Ric Flair, Sid Justice. For all of you that have seen this pay-per-view, that have watched this pay-per-view numerous times, like you and I both have, Michael, we know that Ric Flair ended up defeating Sid Justice at the last moment with a little chicanery from Paul Hogan himself. Your new... WWF World Heavyweight Champion Ric Flair What a way to end this pay-per-view Obviously we know what's going to happen At WrestleMania 8 in Indiana Your neck of the woods Knowing that I kinda sorta not really Kinda worked it out To the fact That I knew what was gonna happen So I kinda wanted to work it out A certain way Mm -hmm. With my card But you know you know, it is what it is. This is one of the better pay per views. This is one of the better Royal Rumble's that I've I've watched. You know, over and over again after the fact, obviously because I was only let's see, ninety two. I was eight, not really <laughs> remembering it too much. But uh, yeah, it definitely held up. You know, a lot of these pay per views you we're gonna see, you know, sometimes don't hold up. This one did.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, looking back at this, and and this is one of the pay-per-views we actually discussed prior to kind of getting on here Uh. and starting the show. Um, this was one of the pay-per-views I still can remember quite vividly uh, to this day, um, and the reason being because it was obviously such a special pay-per-view, given all the you know the special uh, players that you had in the Rumble match itself, and 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 the stakes that have never never been seen uh, before in this Royal Rumble match, where you were going to get somebody crowned as the undisputed WWF champion, uh, Ric Flair coming in at number three and lasting over an hour was unheard of. Up until this point. I mean, the Rumble was only, what, four years old. So, obviously, let's be a little realistic here. But, still, it was fairly significant. Um, this was, you know, nobody had went over an hour. And, and, in this case, Ric Flair did. And, you know, this is a tough one to rebook in that, really, you look at that Rumble match and, and, and honestly, they, there's no knocking Kind of the approach there and, and, and what WWF did, I thought that was pure genius. Now, the stuff and how it was booked after, that's where the argument can begin for sure.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, without a shadow of it, without question. Um, but, you know, another thing that we can say without question is our great sponsors
0: absolutely rj and that of course is none other than blue chew with sponsors the wrestling perspective network guys remember the days when you were always ready to go now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed listen up BlueChew.com. that's blue like the color blue BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same fda approved active ingredients as viagra and cialis so you know they work you can take them anytime day or night even on a full stomach And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made right in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for all of our listeners here at Revisionist Booking Podcast. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code WPP. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code WPP to try it free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for supporting the network. And as always, you're welcome. Well, you know, without further ado, the
1: reason why we're all here, the reason why you and I are here, Michael, everybody wants us to book this pay-per-view the way that we think that, you know, it really should be. You know, and like like you said, it's, this is one of those pay-per-views where you really don't, you know, you can't really mess with a lot of the history of this card. You know, being, you know, one of the better years in professional wrestling, being 92, whether it be WCW, whether it be WWF at that time, you know, we had a lot of, excuse me, a lot of great talent, a lot of great wrestlers, and if you would indulge me, I would like to go first. Uh, My first match is going to be a tag team match. You know, I thought that these two teams were probably two of the most underrated teams at this time. One being the Beverly Brothers and the other being the Oriental Express. Obviously, the Oriental Express being managed by the great Mr. Fuji and the uh, Beverly Brothers being managed by the Genius, you know, another two of the underrated managers, I think. Um, But in this case, I'm going to have the Oriental Express go over on the Beverly Brothers a lot of the times at this juncture in professional wrestling, you had to have some sort of filler. This was going to be that one filler match, I believe, for my my card. you know. But you're still going to see a knockout-dragout fight. You're going to see a lot of that, you know, at this time, the high-flying moves from Tanaka and uh, from Kato of the Oriental Express. Obviously, Bo and Blake, the Beverly Brothers, you know, they're going to be Bigger bigger guys, but they're still going to be, be able to be very agile. But, like I said, I'm still going to have Mr. Fuji have some chicanery, some shenanigans on the outside with his cane to make sure that his boys, the Oino Express, take out the Beverly Brothers.
0: Very interesting. Well, I'm going to start off in a similar fashion here, RJ. But, you know, the one thing I felt like, so you had three tag team matches Uh, along with the Intercontinental match prior to the, of course, main event in Royal Rumble. So what could these tag team matches have? Stakes, right? I feel like you didn't really have stakes here. And uh, so I'm going to add some stakes here. And basically uh, for the first match is going to be the uh, first team to earn their way into a number one contendership match. To head to WrestleMania to challenge for the tag team championships. And in the first match, we are going to see the Bushwhackers take on said Oriental Express. I think that would have been a good matchup here, a good way to open the card. Obviously, the fans are super into the Bushwhackers, but you need to have a heel team to be able to earn their way into that number one, said number one contendership match. So, that being said, I am going to see Mr. Fuji interject and he is going to do dirty the bushwhackers the oriental express will gain the victory however after the match to appease the fans you're going to get the bushwhackers and james are going to get a hold of the oriental express kind of clear them get a hold of mr fuji and kind of you know do the head licking gimmick as it were uh but you will see the orient express be a uh, victorious in match number one
1: very good very good very good so my next match is going to be um for the WWF Tag Team Championships. We're going to see, you know, the same two teams, the Natural Disasters and the Legion of Doom. Like we said before, if it's not broke, don't fix it. At this time, the one thing that lagged in the WWF in 92 were tag teams outside of, you know, these mainly of these main two teams that could really hold the championship for an extended period of time. So if it's not broke, don't fix it. We know the cir- circumstances that, you know, Legion of Doomhawk, you know, was going through personal issues. I'm not going to change anything from that match. I thought that, you know, they did it perfectly, you know, for what they did, the way they did it, the way they promoted it, the way they, you know, post-match promoted it with, you know, Earthquake and Typhoon going absolutely back you know, that crazy backstage so i'm not going to change anything i'm still going to have the natural disasters defeat legion to doom by uh by count out some way somehow it they're gonna you know they'll get that kind of that shoddy finish um because you know obviously we know what's going to happen in the future i'm not going to change it so the Natural Disasters go over on LOD.
0: All right, fair enough. So my second match is going to see the second team qualify into the number one contender's tag team match, um, which obviously will be held prior to WrestleMania, uh, but to determine who is going to be the challengers for the tag team championships at WrestleMania eight. And so here we're going to see the Beverly Brothers square off against the New Foundation Um, And really, I think the new foundation was vastly underrated. Anvil was a perfect veteran to the younger, upstart Owen Hart. And here we're going to see the genius try to interject into the match, but it's going to backfire and cost the Beverly Brothers. And you are going to see the new foundation earn a shot to go up against the Oriental Express to be able to uh, earn that World Tag Team Championship uh, title shot. Foundation defeats the Beverly Brothers.
1: Very good, very good. So, my next match, I'm going to have the two championship matches be sandwiched by two regular matches. My final championship match is going to be for the Intercontinental Championship, pinting the Mountie against, wait for it, Owen Hart. We saw a lot of the shenanigans, you know, a lot of that buildup with this match with Bret Hart being taken out by the Mountie you know they didn't really play out that the fact that Owen Hart was Bret Hart's brother you know like they did later on but you know what better way to get even with somebody that has wronged you by with your brother put Owen Hart in this match you know he's a high-flying guy you got the, you got Jimmy Hart with the Mountie. You know you're, no, know you're gonna have outside chicanery. You're gonna bring Anvil to the ring. You're gonna still have that new foundation. You're not gonna get rid of that. I'm not saying that because to put this in with him or Owen Hart in this match, you're still gonna have that. But what's best for business? What's best for business is this match. You know, it's not going to be, you know, it's 92. You're not going to have a knockout-dragout match. But this match is going to, in my eyes, this match is going to be that, you know, that, you know, four-star, three-star match, whatever you call it. Obviously, I'm going to have the Monty go over and over on Owen Hart, unfortunately. Um, I would love to see Owen win the championship. I just think at this time it wouldn't have been the right the, the right time for him to win it. Obviously, later on we saw it, but I'm gonna have the Mountie go over an Owen Hart for the IC title. Obviously, this is gonna be this is gonna be a perfect area for this match, leading up to my next match, and then obviously for the main event being the I won Bill as well. So, the Mountie going over Owen Hart to regain his Intercontinental Championship in my third match.
0: Well, I gotta say, RJ, that was very much exceptional. I that's very well thought out and. Definitely an angle I, I really honestly did not um, consider, and uh, kudos to you. Very well done there.
1: So, so you could say it was rather magical.
0: We're not going to go that far. You're welcome for the compliment, but we'll be moving on. So <laughs> my next match is going to see this Intercontinental Championship match. It will be the Mounty. and he will be defending his title against The Macho Man, Randy Savage. You're going to see Savage interject himself, take issue with the Mountie.
1: Ooh, yeah,
0: the Macho Man is going to come, and he is going to reign supreme and become the new WWF Intercontinental Champion by defeating the Mountie. You
1: know, the funny part was, and I'll be honest with you at this point, I wanted to have him go in a mess so bad. But I kinda wanted to I we'll play the, to the the rest of the card, but I kinda wanted to keep that flair savage thing going through through this rumble through to the next pay per view, which would have been WrestleMania. But, but yeah, I, I did think of him putting him in a regular match instead of the Rumble, but you know, I digress. It is what it is. My fourth match, my final match before we get to the Rumble, is going to pit the up and coming Star Shawn Michaels against the one the only hot rod himself rowdy piper. This is a match that I always wanted to see whether it was at this time, whether it was later on. You know, obviously we couldn't see it because Piper ended up going to WCW and Michael stayed in WWF. But at this time, I'm going to book it this way. I'm going to book Piper to go over on Michaels. You know, I I went back and forth numerous times. Okay, should I have Michaels win and have Piper put him over? I'm like, no. If I'm going to have Ric Flair on this pay-per-view, I'm going to have Piper win as well. So Roddy Piper going over Shawn Michaels in my fourth match on this card
0: well done well done so for me we're going to see the tag team champions the legion of doom they will defend against the natural disasters i am going to deviate from what wwf did and what you did earlier in your card we're going to see lod clean they are going to go over the natural disasters and it's going to set up the legion of doom to wait and see who wins between the new foundation and oriental express uh, to meet them at WrestleMania. Very
1: good, very good. So now, typically, what we do? I, have we done a Royal Rumble uh, card since we've been on the uh, Wrestling Perspective Network? I don't think so, right? No, we have not. Okay, so obviously, being on the network before, what we did when we booked a rebooked a Royal Rumble we haven't gone through numbers one through 30, get our entries eliminations. Like I said before, if we did that, we'd be here all night. And quite frankly, it's going to be, I'd love it, but it would be exhausting. So what we're going to do is I'm going to give my four final four wrestlers in the Royal Rumble, Michael give his, and then we'll kind of give our little synopsis on those final four. and what would actually happen with those final four in the ring. So Michael, I went first with the first match. Why don't you go first with the Royal Rumble match?
0: All right, so we're so we're just going to go with our Final Four here? Yes, sir. All right. So for my Final Four here, um, we are going to see the Final Four in the ring will be Macho Man Randy Savage. Ooh, yeah. So he was able to gain the Intercontinental Championship. He's also in the Rumble match, uh, and he's in the Final Four. Um, we're going to see Rowdy Roddy Piper as part of the final four. We're going to see,
1: ooh yeah, brother,
0: the immortal Hulk Hogan and woo, none other than the Nature Boy Rick Flair. That is my final four. Um, shall I proceed with? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, yeah. So okay. Because, again, we're, we're, this is kind of new for us, so so bear with us, listeners. Um, so, yeah, what you're going to see is the first of the four to be eliminated. We're going to see a situation. We had an ongoing situation going on with none other than the macho man Randy Savage and Jake the Snake Roberts. You're going to see Jake the Snake Roberts, who is a part of this rumble, going to come back out. And Savage is going to become enraged, see him. Savage is going to go over that top rope and eliminate himself and chase down," said uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. "You're going to see Roddy Piper go out to help, but Roddy Piper thinks right, so he's not going to go over the top rope. He's going to go out because you're going to see uh, the Snake kind of really try to, you know, uh, get a hold of Savage and kind of jump him and kind of kind of do some underhanded things to get a hold of him. So Piper's going to go out there to assist. So that leaves in the ring Hogan. And flair right so now you see Hogan get distracted as he's kind of looking out like what's going on you're gonna see flair who's kind of been hiding in the corner come up low blows Hogan eliminates Hulk Hogan Ric Flair starts celebrating because he thinks Piper's gone too all right well he's not quite gone so you're gonna see Hogan jaw jacking with flair you're gonna see Piper kind of sneak back in the ring you're gonna see Hogan grab flair and you're gonna see piper toss flare over the top rope your winner and new wwf world heavyweight champion the rowdy one that's right i did it rowdy roddy piper On to you, how, good
1: da- how dare you how dare you you son of a gun how dare you? You're Disparish welcome. a good word of Ric Flair.
0: You're welcome. The
1: good name of Ric Flair. You're welcome. Uh, and I'm gonna,
0: I'm gonna give all my follow. I'm gonna allow you, you. to don't do. You. I'm gonna allow you to do your, your card. But then I'm gonna give you my follow up on the aftermath of everything.
1: Uh, you got it. So my final four are gonna be the aforementioned Randy Savage, the aforementioned Hulk Hogan, but my final two. Obviously, you're going to have, there's no other man that can do the things that anybody else can do other than Ric Flair. So Ric Flair is going to be my third of my Final Four, but my fourth member is going to be a little bit of a curveball. My curveball for Final Four is going to be the British Bulldog. For those of you that watched this pay-per-view before, you notice that the he British Bulldog won the Rumble match the 15-man Royal Rumble match that was over in the Prince Albert Hall in the UK. So he ended up winning it. So he has the experience of the Royal Rumble match. So he's gonna do well in this. So that's why I ended up putting him in my final four. However, there's three other guys that you have to worry about in this final four. You have Hogan. You have Savage. Obviously, we know the, the history with Savage and Jake the Snake. We're going to have Roberts come out with the one, the only, the very beautiful Miss Elizabeth. He's going to have the snake with him. Randy Savage, you can get that look in the eyes. Oh, what you going to do, brother? Ah, so he's jumping over the route, top rope just like you did, chase him out, eliminating himself, you know, what we said before, we're not going to disparage what is best for business. And what's best for business was this feud between Savage and Roberts. There's no, at this time, there was no other feud that was really better than this one. Um, obviously, you, obviously, we have arguments that we can say to that, but we're only leaving Hogan, Bulldog, and Flair in the in the ring at this time. We're going to see Bulldog, you know, try to take do his best to take out both stars both superstars. He's going to do that with Ric Flair to kind of get him, you know, get him outside the ring, kind of lay, lay in the weasel a little bit as he takes out Hulk Hogan. He's going to give him multiple running body slams, get him over the top rope. Your final two are going to be Bulldog and Ric Flair. Bulldog's thinking he's going to win because he thought he eliminated Ric Flair. He thought he went over the top rope. However, he's going to crawl back in doing the, Great, great work that he's always done and always will do. He's going to chop lock the bulldog at the knees. Yes, it is a Royal Rumble match. But what other, what other way can you cut down your opponent than by the figure four leg lock? Bulldog sitting there, he's tapping, he's tapping, he's tapping. But... He's not losing. He can't get out of that. So Ric Flair's wrenching it and wrenching it and wrenching it. But who's better, Who's coming out to help now? Mr. Perfect. Bulldog hobbles over, takes out Mr. Perfect. And as he does that, Ric Flair sneaks up behind him, lifts him up, tosses him out. Your new WWF heavyweight champion, the Nature Boy,
0: Ric Flair. And as we should have known, because of course, RJ has said he will never book Ric Flair to lose a match.
1: And, and just really so if you can if you can figure out a way to legitimately have him lose, and I said on Twitter, you can follow me at KrasinskiRJ. RJ. You can follow me you can follow the shows page at RevisionistBook. Book. You can give me an example and try to have me book him raw, or book him to lose. It's not going to happen. I'll find a loophole. I'll find some way not to have him lose. It's just a way it's going to happen, folks.
0: Well, there you go. For me, uh, just to kind of finish this up and wrap this up, kind of post-Royal Rumble stuff that we'll have going on here, you're going to see, obviously, Savage having the IC title, having the feud with Jake Roberts. That's going to spill over into WrestleMania. have a good story there. Then you're going to see, uh, we are going to get Ric Flair versus Hogan at Mania. Uh, That's, you know, the match everybody wants to see. Do we need the world title involved? Not necessarily. I can get why one would say it should be involved. But I'm going to go ahead and say that the fans are going to love Flair versus Hogan regardless. Also, we are going to see a returning Bret Hart. And he's going to challenge Piper and say, hey, I was out sick. I was unable to compete. Give me my due shot. I want a shot at the WWF World Championship. Uh, much like, you know, we saw but it was revolved around the Intercontinental title before. But um, And I believe, actually it was uh, WrestleMania 7, I believe, right? Uh-huh. You know, Piper versus uh, uh, Hart. So now you're going to get that again. But now the stakes are even larger for the world title. Additionally, uh, we will see the new foundation be victorious over the Oriental Express. So it's going to be the Legion of Doom versus the new foundation at WrestleMania. Uh, So that's what I have, RJ. How about you?
1: Very good. No, I got nothing else to add other than, you know, Ric Flair's the man. He always will be the man. And I beg everybody to tell me otherwise. You know, you're not, not trying to start anything, but, you know, try. try.
0: <laughs> there you go.
1: So, you know, we started a new segment last week called The Ringside Rant. We're going to try to do it again this week, this second installment. I'm going to throw something your way, Michael. I want you to get this over. Try to, you know, try to make it work. Try to revise it. Try what, Not try to revise it, but try to make it work. Try to get it over. Try to push it. And we'll let the, the wonderful revisionist revolutionists out there decide on who did it better. Your ringside rant for this week. I want you to get over and push the Bushwhackers defeating LOD to become the WWF Tag Team Champions. What I will do. Is I will give you 30 seconds, let's do this, we'll give you 30 seconds to get this over the Bushwhackers defeating LOD to become the WWF Tag Team Champions. Are you ready, kind sir? I am. Okay, so 3, 2, 1, go!
0: So you know you have the Bushwhackers. Um... A lot of people don't know this, or maybe some do, but you have them and they're coming in as sh- from the Sheep Herders, and they had a lot of bloodbaths and a lot of stuff going on in WCW. They were way more extreme, and some would argue way more strong, than the Legion of Doom. So obviously the Bushwaggers gonna come in. They're going to have a change of heart. They're not the crazy Australians anymore. They are the angry Sheep Herders, and they beat will defeat the Legion of Doom. Done.
1: All right, man, I liked it. I thought it was wonderful. There I thought you. you got it over. You're welcome. <laughs> Much like that's Blue we, Chew. That's that's why we do this, you know. We try to get a, you know, and on a good note, you know, try to get people laughing, try to get people thinking. So that's, I'm glad I'm glad we did that.
0: Absolutely. I'm just trying to figure out my gimmick here. We got the stopwatch. So oh, I'm gonna great. I'm gonna give I'm you worried. I'm gonna give you the stopwatch. So you're gonna have to. It'll count up to 30 seconds. Okay. All right. So here, here's what I'm going to give you. So you think you're going to weasel your way out, right? Yeah. So Again. your your ringside rant is why does the way that I booked the Royal Rumble and why does it make more sense to have Roddy Piper as WWF World Heavyweight Champion than, yes, the nature boy Ric Flair.
1: <laughs> All right. Hold <laughs> on, I'm going to laugh.
0: I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna, to...
1: You hey. son of a gun!
0: <laughs> That's how we do it, <laughs> brother.
1: You know, each and every week, you try to not make me curse on this show, and you you pushing it. You really are pushing it. But I I All I know right. re- I, no, I well,
0: we're pushing it right now. It. We're pushing it right now because it is getting quite late. So let's 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 <laughs> proceed. Stop stalling. All right. Let me know when yeah. you're re- let me know when you're ready.
1: All right. Three, two, one, go. go. So, Rowdy Piper, you know, the only way that he's going to be able to regain this championship and win the championship at this event, yes, Ric Flair is going to lose. But there's only one way, there's only one event that Ric Flair can be superior to everybody and win the heavyweight championship. And, yes, that is at WrestleMania eight, your new Five, WWF four, tag three, team champion, two, or excuse me, heavyweight
0: champion stop. Ric Flair. All right. So there you have it. That is Ringside Rant for the week. RJ, it's been wonderful recording with you once again. I, I think we did what we could here with the 92 Rumble. Uh, yeah. Admittedly, a pay-per-view that we wouldn't probably really want to change um, anyway. Oh, exactly. But, exactly. Um, and, and truth be told, obviously, Ric Flair was who he was, but I'm a Piper Mark, and I gotta try to get in my digs when I can.
1: I, and I respect you for doing that, but unfortunately, you know, it has to be done it has to be. you know it is what it is so you know to prelude to next week you can follow us at revisionist book on twitter you can follow us at revisionist booking on facebook you can follow myself at KrasinskiRJ rj on twitter you can follow michael berry senior at michael berry senior on twitter next week next tuesday we're going to have another special guest michael Uh, I know we spoke about it before. We're going to have Cam from the A Couple Marks Wrestling Podcast come on the show and revise and rebook the Royal Rumble from 2004. So a little prelude, 2004, that was an event where we saw the last man standing match with Shawn Michaels. Triple H, we saw uh, Chris Benoit go from one to nothing to win the Royal Rumble. So you know it's going to be another good pay-per-view, another good Royal Rumble that uh, that we're going to be able to go over and uh, revise and rebook into uh, our own eyes. So unless you have anything, Michael, we're going to we'd uh, close shop for uh, for this week.
0: No, it sounds good to me. I'm excited. We're gonna have, you know, I think some very special guests coming up in the next few weeks and months. Um, as always, you're welcome. I have the superior card. Go to at revisionist book to vote for me. As always, of course, you are welcome. And RJ,
1: let the revisionist revolution begin.